Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Hey family, I hope you're enjoying the service today. Welcome again to Thrive. If you are here on this Sunday morning, we're grateful. If you're catching us throughout the week, we pray that you're having a blessed week walking with Jesus really close. I'm excited to continue the sermon series today. So as you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, just to recap, we are going through the seven I am statements of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. Last Last week we spoke how he says, I am the door, I am the gate. And today we're gonna continue that. But why are we going through this? Because it's 2020, friend, and we need to know that Jesus is the I am, the self-sustaining God of the universe, that he doesn't need things to go well for you, for him to be okay. And it doesn't really matter the circumstances in terms of we have a God who is alive and well and is not intimidated by our problems. So we have been walking through John and the I am statements that Jesus makes. So in John chapter 10, we're going to be reading how Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. That's the message today. I am the good shepherd. Now, he's the good shepherd. Last week we talked about how he said, I am the gate to the sheep pen where his sheep abide and rest and are protected. He said, I'm the door and my sheep will come in and go out and find rest. And so now he continues in the similar vein where he says, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10 verses 11 through 13, and it reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, the entire sermon series is entitled Night and Day, and we're studying the seven I am statements of Jesus. Night and day, whether things are good or bad, Christ is the same. Regardless of what you see with your eyes, Christ remains the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Seasons come and go. Now, probably during this coronavirus pandemic, 2020 with murder hornets and fire tornadoes, I, heard, I learned about that, and smoky air here in California, devastating fires and political unrest and protests, and an election coming up in a couple of months, I am still sure that over the last six, seven months of turmoil, God has given you moments where the darkness gave way to his light. There were moments that should have overwhelmed you, but here you are still worshiping, whether it's drive-in or in your living room. Here you are committed to getting the word in you this week. Here you are submitting yourself, not to a man, but to the word of God. Why? Because there's been enough light to keep you going. Night and day. 
Day or night, God sustains us. He keeps us. There have been moments, friend, when you did not hold yourself together, but the Holy Spirit did it for you. If left to your own devices, you might have gone backwards and begun to fall apart the way you, had, you have fallen apart a million times before. But not now. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has sustained you and preserved you and kept the fire burning just enough to keep you going. Night and day, day and night, Jesus is the same. He's the one we look to on your brightest day or your darkest day. On your brightest day or your darkest night, he never changes. So he has to be the center of our attention. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says if, if you can take anything with you for the rest of the week, and I'll just say, carry this to the end of 2020. If there's an admonition from your pastor that you would receive today, and it's, it would be this, fall back in love with God. Fall back in love with Jesus. I love this analogy, this uh, description that Christ gives for who he is. He's a shepherd, but not just any shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the best shepherd and he cares for his sheep. Friend, I encourage you, listen, with all my heart, I'm sharing this with you. Sometime this week, let's quiet ourselves and meet with God. Let's quiet ourselves and connect with him. Because the first thing I wanna share with you is that the good shepherd is committed to you. He's made a commitment to you. Christ has made a commitment to you and he keeps it because he's the good shepherd. John chapter 10, Again, verse 11 and 13, I'll just read it for you. It says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Again, it says, when, when the hired hand sees the wolf coming, the hired hand runs away. But the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. This is the good shepherd in your life. This is why you should stop and listen to him. This is why you should shut the door, turn off the, the TV. You should quiet yourself. You might need to go on a long ride, a long drive, but find time to connect with him because this good shepherd is committed to you. There have been moments when I haven't been committed to him, but he never stopped being committed to me. There have been times, moments in this coronavirus season where my eyes begin to go off of him onto the troubled waters and the storms and the news and, and, and the reports. And Christ beckons us and he reminds us, I am the good shepherd. I will lay down my life. In fact, he did lay down his life for the sheep. Now, it's interesting as you read through John chapter 10, that Jesus describes two other groups of people that we need to be aware of. The first one were thieves and robbers. Again, you can go there on your own time, but in John chapter 10, verse one, he says, very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Again, Jesus is, he says he's the door and he's the good shepherd. There are influencers, there are powers that want to invade 
your life, not through the door because Christ would keep them out as the good shepherd that protects his sheep, but rather coming over the walls, coming through cracks and crevices in your life. And he is telling us to be careful for those who want to steal, kill and destroy. Be careful for the mindsets and the mentalities and the attitudes of this world. They don't come through the kingdom of God. They don't come through your your scripture reading. They don't come through your worship time. They don't come through the teaching of a pastor. They don't come through the leading of a small group. They come through the news and through social media. They might even come through your past, old mindsets and, 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 and pre-settings that are kind of been wired into you up until now. Be wary of the thieves and robbers because they're real. And Jesus points them out. They don't come through him. Anything, any word, any counsel, any attitude that does not sound like Christ needs to be rejected, especially in this time when so much is at risk. The second group of people that Jesus warns uh, us about is in this passage where he warns us of the hired hands. These are weak shepherds, weak shepherds. And the reason that they're weak, I want you to catch this, the reason that they're weak shepherds, hired hands, that when the wolf comes, they run off, is because those shepherds, those people don't own you. They don't own the sheep. The, 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 the good shepherd owns the sheep. And so he is going to lay down his life for the sheep he has purchased, where hired hands will just run off because they're not invested. Can I just tell you that there is only one that has laid down his life? There's only one that has purchased your life. There's only one that has paid off the debt of your sin and regret and, 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 and your failures, and that is Jesus Christ. He is so invested in you because he died for you. Fall in love with the good shepherd again. Spend some time getting to know him again. Spend some time just praising him. Put on that worship music. Hey, put on that worship music and get your praise on. And then guess what? I want you to turn off the praise and worship. After you got your praise on, turn it off and listen. Turn it off and tell him what you want to tell him. Turn it off and just have an intimate moment with the the shepherd of shepherds. Because he is committed to you. He will never abandon you. He will stand over you and he will never run away when you are being hunted. He will never run away when the threat comes. He's not just a a shepherd in the good times. He's a shepherd in the midst of your darkest night to defend you and to defend your marriage and to defend your children and to defend your faith. And to defend your peace of mind, he's the good shepherd. He is committed to us. And he's the I am of the universe. The I am that I am. The God of heaven and earth has made a commitment to you. The second thing I want you to see here is that the good shepherd is close to you. And so we need to be intentionally, someone out there say intentionally, 
I know that's a big word. That's like five syllables. Intentionally. Be intentionally close to him. Don't be accidentally close to him. Don't just be emotionally close to him. Don't just happen to be close to him. Intentionally be close to him because the good shepherd is close to us. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The, the point that Christ is making here is that he wants to be so intimately connected with us that his very, catches his very presence makes a difference. This shepherd is a presence in our lives. He is not, you can feel like this, but it's not true. You can feel like God is so distant, but it's not true. He's close. You can feel like he doesn't. He must not know what's going on. It's not true. He sees it all. If any of you have ever had kids, your child might have gone through something like, like some of my kids some of my kids, I had four, so like at least two or three of them went through this, where they would think, when they're really little, maybe a toddler, they would think that if Lori or I left the room and they couldn't see us, that we had abandoned them. And they'd start screaming their head off. I mean, terrified, really, really scared, thinking we were gone that we had left them there. And then we'd hear them and we'd come walking over. You know, the first time parent, we'd run over. Is everything okay? And then after the first one, you just kind of walk over. And you say, it's okay, mija, it's okay, mijo, we're here, we're here. And they're hyperventilated. <laughs> you know how they hyperventilate when they're just so scared and they can't help it. And, they, and it's because they're having separation anxiety. They think because they can't see us, we're not close. And what do you do as a good parent? You pick them up and you wipe their tears and you hold them and you begin to tell them, Daddy would never leave you. We're always going to be here. You don't have to be afraid. We're always close. We'd never abandon you. Believer, we cannot have separation anxiety with God. He is the good shepherd. He is close. And if you don't see him, don't doubt he is there. If you can't feel him, don't doubt he's there. In moments of silence, don't doubt he's there. And he is going to speak to you. John chapter 10 verse 4 says, When he brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. He will speak in the stillness of the dark and he will calm your fears because he's there. His presence. He's a God who is present. He's the good shepherd that is close to you. The other day, my son Levi, I'm a proud dad, so I'm gonna share this. My son Levi had a uh, baseball tournament. And uh, we went to this field, ball field, and it was the strangest ball field because if you care about baseball, 
If not, hang in there, it's still a good story. But if you know about baseball, usually the, the, the fence around the outfield goes like in a circle. Well, this was a weird one. This one went to a point, like a cone head, if you're old enough to know what a cone head is, a cone head baseball field. Biggest field we'd seen in Levi's 10. And, uh, and so I told him, well, Levi, you're not gonna hit a home run today. <coughs> And he looked at the field and he said, I can hit a home run. And I said, not, not here. If you get hit a home run, I'm by your car. He hit a home run. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. The kid hits a home run. He hits a home run for his first over the fence home run. And he's running around the bases and I've got it on video and I'm yelling, Good job, Levi, Levi, woo right? And so as he gets to home plate, he jumps with two feet on the plate. It was pretty awesome. And all his little buddies, all the 10 and 11-year-olds, are like yelling, and the fans, the parents are yelling, and he's running back towards the dugout, and I have my phone, and I said, good job, bud. And he heard me, and all of that noise, he heard me. And he looks at me and he says, you're going to buy me a car. And I'm like, oh, Lord. He remembered. He remembered I'm going to buy him a car. In the middle of this home run uh, excitement celebration, he remembered I'm going to buy him a car. It's on video. Can I just tell you that he knew my voice in the middle of all the kids and all the parents that were yelling as he celebrated. He was able to pick out my voice, not just because he wanted a car, but because he's familiar with my voice, my tone. He knows my voice. Jesus is so close to us that we can know his voice. And if there is a voice to know right now, it's the voice of Christ. Don't go to your favorite news station and hone in on some newscaster's voice to be the preeminent voice in your life. And don't go to some social media person, influencer, and have them be the preeminent voice in your life. Don't listen to yourself talk so much that you can't distinguish your voice from the voice of God. You need to know the good shepherd's voice. He's speaking. Are we listening? He is speaking. Are we listening? Takes time and focus and quiet to hear him sometimes, but he is speaking. He's that close. He knows exactly what's going on and he cares. He cared so much to die. He cares what you're feeling now. He cares about what you're carrying now. We need to hear him because he is close. We need to know his voice, friend. We need to know his voice. We also need to know that the good shepherd is not done gathering his sheep. He is still gathering sheep. I love this. I love this. Verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of, his, of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Can I just encourage you today that Christ is on the move during Corona? that the good shepherd is out there chasing sheep, that he's after your children if they're lost, he's after your wife if she's lost, he's after your husband if he's lost, he's chasing your parents if they're lost, he's chasing your neighbors. The good shepherd 
is on the move. He is still saving souls. And we have an opportunity to pray them in and to testify them in and to love them in because no one is outside of his grasp. We don't have to worry about someone being so far gone. Jesus is still doing this, even now. I'm convinced even now. I know that a lot of people are discouraged and disillusioned. We haven't been in this building together in seven months. We're in drive-in, by the way. By the way, let me make a plug-in for drive-in. That is church. That is a gathering. You can stay safe in your car. You can sit out in a chair. You can sit under a tree. We have canopies for those who want to get out there. Or you can stay with your windows up and your AC on and listen to the service through your radio so that if you're afraid or concerned about uh, getting the virus, we definitely want that for anyone who's vulnerable. But Jesus is still moving. He is still saving souls. He's still reaching people. And in this season of night, Christ is still the light. He's still the shepherd. The good shepherd's not afraid of the dark. The good shepherd isn't intimidated by the dark. He still does his job in pursuing the lost sheep. This is our good shepherd. I also want you to know that the good shepherd is in control at all times. He's in control at all times. I really found this powerful. I want you to know he's in control right now, 2020. Some of us are like already putting up Christmas lights because we want this year to end. I don't know that your Christmas lights make the Rona go away any faster or make the governor move any quicker, but I'll just say we all get it. We'd like to turn the page of the calendar. <clears throat> but I want you to know that through this whole year, God has still been in control. I want to show you something. Verse 17 and 18. Jesus says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Then verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Three times, three times in succession. Jesus wants this to be crystal clear. I lay my, my life down just to pick it up again. He is speaking to his crucifixion. He says, I lay down my life only to take it up again. Then the second time, no one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own will, my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. Three times in a row, what is he saying? He's saying, I am in control. I got this. You might not get it because you're going to see me on a cross. You're going to hear me cry out. You're going to see blood and water flow. You're going to hear the whips on my back. You're going to see the thorns pressed into my brow. You're going to see the spear going to my side. You're going to see me breathe the last breath. You're going to see me get carried down and buried. But then you're going to see me again. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, I am in control. The world isn't lost its mind. I'm still the center of things. I'm never a victim. I'm never vulnerable. I am always in control. He's in control today. 
He lays down his life, the good shepherd. The good shepherd for his sheep lay down his life. Just to take it up again. He has never lost a fight. He has never been caught off guard. Can I tell you that the laying down of his life was the ultimate expression of love and faithfulness. The good shepherd lays down his life. He knows he's going to pick it up, but he lays down his life for his sheep. If there's something that we need to be convinced of today, it is that we are not exposed if we stay in his sheep pen. We are not lost as long as we're close to the shepherd. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The sheep know the shepherd's smell. The sheep know what the shepherd looks like. The sheep actually have pretty good peripheral vision. They don't look so good right in front, but they can see really good from the sides. They know their shepherd. We need to know the good shepherd. We need to rest in him. The concern, friend, is if you're not convinced at the very core of who you are that he's in control, you'll be tempted to take control yourself. And that only leads to mistakes and regret. The last thing I want to share with you is that the good shepherd demonstrates the love that leads to obedience. He demonstrates the love. He models the love that leads to obedience. Verse 18 again, he says, I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. The most important part for this point is this, this command I received from my father. He loved us enough and he loved the father enough to obey the command to follow through with the mission. Very important, friend, and, and, and this is going to ruffle someone's feathers, but I pray it ruffles it in the right way. Because sometimes we, we think our feathers are good, but it really needs some ruffling to get back in order. If anyone out there thinks they can love God and disobey his commands, they're mistaken. That isn't godly Love. There might be an affection for the idea that they have of God. It's probably their own man-made image of the God they want to exist. The God who might let them do whatever they want, but always be there to pat them on the back and dust them off. The one who's never disappointed in us because we're doing what we want to do. We're being, quote-unquote, true to ourselves. We're, quote-unquote, following our heart. And that the God they make in, in, up in their mind is fine with that. And that he can never be angry or disappointed. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not the Christian God. That's a post-Christian idea of the Christian God. That's a man-made idol. But that's not the God of the Scriptures. We need to let the Word tell us who God is, not us tell God who he is. John says it this way in verse chapter 14, verse 15. John quotes Christ as saying, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. When the good shepherd says, hey, stop 
if you love him, you'll stop. And if when the good shepherd says, go this way, because this is where the green pastures are, over there's a cliff, y'all got to go this way, the sheep that love him and understand he's the good shepherd will go this way. Trusting that he's leading us where is best. Jesus said again, if you, if you, if you love me, keep my commands. And don't wait till it's easier. Don't wait till after COVID. Don't wait till after you get what you want. Don't wait till after what well, I got to, you know, you don't know till you try kind of thing. Don't, don't, don't wait until the season is over. Don't wait till you feel stronger. Don't wait till you feel quote unquote holier. That's why at the very beginning of this message, I encourage you and I'm gonna do it again. Spend some time falling in love with God again. Spend some time pouring out your gratitude to him. Spend some time worshiping him again. Turn off the TV. Park your car under a tree and just spend some time with God. Obey him because you love him. Obey him because you love him. Love him because there's no one better than him. Love him because there's no one more trustworthy than him. Love him because like the disciples, where else are you going to go for the words of life? Love him because he's already healed you. Love him because he's already made a way where there was no way. Love him because he's shown himself to you faithful. Love him because he's made a way financially that should have wrecked you. Love him because he's protected your children. Love him because he's the good shepherd. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's the door that defends you from the evil one. And he's the door that opens you up to a life of abundance. Love him again. Love him. Love him again. Love the good shepherd again. He's the good shepherd. Go over Psalm 23 and just pour your heart out and cry your eyes out again. The good shepherd who takes care of his sheep. And he's never diminished. He never becomes less good because he's the I am. He's never even one degree less good or one degree more good because he's the I am, the self-sustaining one. He doesn't need anyone to do him a favor to be a good shepherd. He just is the good shepherd. Friend, now's the time to let him feed you sustain you, guide you. Now is the time to draw close to the good shepherd. I don't know if times are going to get better or worse over the next four months till 2020 is done. I don't know. But it really shouldn't matter when it comes to your peace of mind and your heart of faith because you're not built or you shouldn't be built on the times or the season or your bank account or your boss's favor your confidence, your peace should be because of the I am that I am. He is the good shepherd. So one last time, friend, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Let's fall in love with him again so that we can hear the shepherd's voice and do as he says so he can lead us beside those green pastures, those still waters, and restore our soul. I love you, family.
I love you. And I, I beckon you to the good shepherd. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.